Last week, we briefly considered our predominant fault and how to go about getting it under control by fervent communions that we could extend through the week by means of a spiritual contract. Now, this week, we'll continue on that kind of theme by considering two other essential practices that mesh together with that that will help us clobber our predominant fault. And although the two things we're going to look at today were made famous by St. Ignatius, uh, today we're going to rely particularly on the late, great Father Dion. And the two things we'll look at today are called the particular resolution and the particular examine. Particular resolution and particular examine. Particular resolution. Remember that we're trying to conquer our predominant fall, which, spiritually speaking, is our vulnerable point. It's a spiritual flaw that tends to prevail over all other flaws, okay? It's going to have something to do with one of the seven deadly sins. Remember, we have a, a mnemonic for remembering the seven deadly sins. It's places G, which stands P-L-A-C-E-S-G, places G. P is pride, L is lust, A is anger, uh, C is covetousness, E is envy, S is sloth, and G is gluttony. So places G. So today we'll talk about how to make a resolution to overcome the particular fault that we have. And that resolution, in general, will sound something like this. This is a general outline. I love you, Lord, and to prove that I love you, I resolve that today, at such and such a time, at such and such a place, I'm going to say this particular prayer to overcome my predominant fault. Now, that's not particularized yet. That's just the general idea. The general example is, I love you, Lord, and to show that I love you, I'm going at today at such and such a time in such and such a place. I'll say a particular prayer, this prayer, to overcome, help overcome my predominant fault. Now, it won't do us any good until it's particular. What is such and such a time in such and such a place and so forth? Let's see. Last week we were supposing that the predominant fault, our predominant fault was anger. We were having strong temptations to go next door and punch out the neighbor. So that was what we were just supposing for way of example. Let's make a particular resolution based on that imaginary situation. Here's what it might sound like. I love you, Lord, and to show that I love you, I resolve that today, every time I see my neighbor, and by that we mean the guy that we're being tempted to clobber, every time I see my neighbor, I'm going to say this little prayer, God, make him happy in this life and the next. Okay, we'll go through that a few times. I love you, Lord, and show that I love you. Today, every time I see my neighbor, I'm going to say this little prayer. God, make him happy in this life and the next. I love you, Lord, and show that I love you. Every time I see my neighbor, I'm going to say this little prayer. God, make him happy in this life and the next. That's a particular resolution. We've particularized it. We've made it fit the situation so we can attack our predominant fault which is anger, and we're being tempted to, to exercise this against our, our neighbor, okay? So today, every time I see my neighbor, I'm going to say this little prayer, God, make him happy in this life and the next, and I'm going to keep saying it, and keep saying it, and keep saying it, as long as that temptation is with me. Okay, that's what my particular resolution means. Now, once we've made a particular resolution, we should write it down. Obviously, it doesn't have to be anger. For you young people, it might, you might be having a problem with obedience with your folks. 
So today, you know, in particular this morning, when my mom asked me to do whatever it is that you usually are disobedient, make my bed or whatever, today when mom asked me to make my bed, I'm going to say this for a prayer. You know, and the little prayer might be, thanks God, or help me God, and you just keep saying, help me God, help me God, because you're being tempted right then to disobey your mom, to not make your bed, to go do whatever it was that you're not supposed to be doing, and so you're saying, help me God, help me God, help me God. It's the same thing, we particularize it, okay? So we got this resolution, we write it down. After we've got the resolution, we write it down, and we want to keep this resolution and renew it day after day after day till we get the virtue that we're looking for, which in this case, is to prevent sins of anger by saying that prayer, God, make this man happy in this life and the next. We're going to say that prayer, little prayer, every time we see our neighbor. Okay? So that's how we make a resolution. Notice there's always, always, always a little prayer as part of the resolution. In this case, the prayer was, God, make him happy in this life and the next. Why is there always a little prayer? Because what we're trying to do is to train ourselves to pray when we find ourselves in temptation. What we're trying to do is pray. Learn to pray when we find ourselves in a situation in which we typically get in trouble. And we want to keep saying that prayer over and over as long as that temptation lasts, as long as we're in that situation. Then we're not trusting ourselves, especially since we know this is my big weakness. What am I doing? I'm asking God, help me right here, right now, in this very thing where experience shows me I'm going to do something really stupid if you don't help me. That's what we're doing. It's an act of humility. We're begging God for help, okay? So let's review. When we're talking about the particular resolution, we start with a genuine format that goes, I love you, Lord, and to prove that I love you, I resolve it today at such and such a place, at such and such a time, I'm going to say this particular prayer about my predominant fault. Second, we consider our predominant fault and what situations we're most likely to face that will cause us trouble that day. The example we've been using is anger and a neighbor next door that's driving us crazy. Hopefully, everyone here has made some progress in the past week in identifying his predominant fault. Third, we take all this and make a particular resolution. How? By anticipating the particular situation that's most likely to cause us trouble with our predominant fault that day, and then figuring out exactly when and where we're going to say a prayer for help, and choosing exactly what that prayer will be. Good ideas and good wishes aren't enough. We have to be concrete. We even have the prayer figured out. It's no time to be sitting there when you're in the midst of this temptation to punch somebody out and say, I think I should pray and be trying to run through a flowchart of what I ought to be saying right then. You're going to lose your temper, okay? That's your weak point. We have all this written down beforehand. So an example we've used, the predominant false anger, especially our next-door neighbor. We decide that every time we see him, whether he's mowing his lawn, whether he's driving by in front of our house, whether he's going out to his mailbox to check his mail, every time we see our neighbor, we're going to say that prayer. And we've even pricked the prayer. We're going to say, God, make him happy in this life and the next. So we took all that and we made our particular resolution, which in this case would be, I love you, Lord, and to show that I love you today, every time I see my neighbor, I'm going to say this little prayer, God, make him happy in this life and the next. Okay, fourth, we write this particular resolution down and we renew it day in and day out until we have the habit of saying this prayer when we're confronted with that temptation. 
We want to keep saying that prayer as long as we remain confronted with that temptation. Okay, in this case, the temptation to punch him out. Fifth, the first thing in the morning when we're saying our prayers and making our morning offering, we renew our particular resolution. This is key. Every morning we're going to resolve the same thing, okay? So starting with a general format, we consider our predominant fault, the situations we're most likely to have trouble with that day. We pick an appropriate prayer, we come up with a particular resolution, write it down, and renew it first thing every morning. Okay, that leads to the second thing, which is the particular examine. Once we finally come up with a good particular resolution, we use the particular examine to really start making progress. Okay, Father, but what does that mean? The particular examine is an examination of conscience on just one point. We're going to examine our conscience on one thing and one thing only, and that's what the particular examine is. That's why it's called particular. We're just looking at one thing. What is the one point? We're going to examine our conscience on whether or not we've kept our particular resolution. In other words, an example, did I say the prayer when I saw my neighbor? That's it. How do we do it? We pray. We start off at the time, God, give me the light or the grace, something like that, to make a good examine. That's it. God, give me the grace to make a good examine. And then we ask, did I keep my particular resolution? In this case, did I say my prayer when I saw the neighbor? If That's it. If we did, we know immediately. And if we didn't, we know immediately, too. It takes that long. It's taken me a lot longer to explain it than it does to do it. It's just an instant. You look back, did I or didn't I? That's it. If we did keep our resolution, we thank God, because it's by His grace we prayed. If we didn't, we apologize to God. And then what do we do? We renew the resolution again. After we've done it once, doesn't mean poof, I'm healed, new problem. You know, we've got to get this to be habitual, okay? When should we do this? We should do it three times every day. We've made the resolution first thing in the morning. We check at lunch. Then we renew it at supper. And then we renew it at bedtime. So you're breaking up the day into workable things. At lunch, you just look back. It takes a sec. At, at supper, you look back. And at bedtime, you look back. You've broken up your day into three... It takes it, It's taken me way longer. It takes a second to do this, literally. A second, okay? It's easy as pie. Here's another neat thing about all this. This means our confessions become a progress report on how well we're doing and conquering our predominant fault. Because now we've got a definite plan. We've got a program to overcome our major malfunctions by the grace of God and through prayer. That's what this does for us, okay? Obviously, we remain bound to confess all mortal sins by number and kind. That never changes. But this problem gives us the ability, by the grace of God, to get out of mortal sins if we're falling into them, and to make major strides also by the grace of God, never to fall into those again and to conquer our major problems, our predominant fault. Whether our predominant fault at the time is moral or venial, okay? It's a program. Let's review. We've taken the time to identify our predominant fault, anger. We've taken the time to identify a particular circumstance in which we'll probably be tempted when I see that neighbor that's driving me crazy. We've taken the time to resolve to say a specific prayer if and when we find ourselves in that particular tempting circumstance and to keep saying that prayer until this temptation passes. In this case, the prayer was God, make him happy in this life for the next. 
Then we've taken the time to put all that into a particular resolution. I love you, Lord, and to prove that I love you, I resolve that today, every time I see my neighbor, I will say this little prayer, God, make him happy in this life the next. We've taken the time to write this down. Don't trust your memory and commit yourself to paper. Now, every morning, we renew that resolution. At lunch, we ask God for the grace to make our examine well. Then we ask, did I keep my particular resolution? Did I pray when I was supposed to? We thank God if we did. We apologize if we didn't. And we renew the resolution. At supper, we look back. Did I keep my resolution? We thank God if we did. We apologize if we didn't. We renew our resolution at bedtime. Same thing, okay? It takes way longer to explain than to do. Now our confessions are basically a progress report on how we're doing in conquering our primary interior flaw, huh? How we're doing in conquering this predominant fault. It gives us a real scientific plan for using the sacrament of confession in order to make great strides in holiness. It's not just sort of there's a flock of birds, I'll pull the trigger and hope I hit one. It's getting serious about some. If we want to make even more rapid progress, we could always up the ante by giving ourselves a sanction. That's like a little penance. Like I could say, oh, I messed up three times. I'll give myself three Hail Marys or three Glory Bees or something. Every time we fail to keep our particular resolution. But that's optional, obviously. Let's each adopt these practices. And parents, teach these techniques to your children. Review what we learned last week and this week over and over till they have it down, till it becomes a part of their life. The particular resolution and examine carry us from confession to confession. The spiritual contract carries us from fervent communion to fervent communion. This gives everyone here a framework for spiritual progress. It gives you a framework for actual substantial growth and holiness. Later on, we'll tie in some easy practices for prayer. But if we use just what we've learned in the past two weeks and get serious about it, by the grace of God, we'll start producing saints in this community. That's not an exaggeration. He's in charge of that. That's why he has you here. Remember what St. Alphonsus said. Those who say that God does not wish us all to be saints make a great mistake. Yes, for St. Paul says, this is the will of God, your sanctification. God wishes us all to be saints, and each one according to his state of life. The religious is a religious. The priest is a priest. The married is married. The man of business as a man of business the soldier as a soldier, and so of every other state in life. Those who say God does not wish us all to be saints make a great mistake. God wishes us all to be saints, and each one according to his state in life. <laughs>